0: Welcome to the Design Doctor Podcast, where we talk about how to decorate, remodel, or build a home without losing your mind. I'm your host, Krisha Palmer, physician turned interior designer and life coach. So come on in and have a seat. Let's talk. Hey friends, welcome to the podcast. I live with three men. Well, one man and two teenage boys who are becoming men way too fast. But needless to say, it's common for me to come home and see the kitchen island littered with homework, a laptop, mail, and even shoes. Yes, it's true. Sometimes they put their shoes on the surface where we prepare food. Like, don't get me started. (laughs) And after working with many, many interior design clients, here's what I've discovered. You can have the most beautiful, inspiring house ever, but if there's still clutter, you're not going to enjoy it. The purpose of your home is to nurture you, to help you be productive when you need to be, and help you relax when you need to relax. But it's really hard if you're always surrounded by clutter. So, redecorating your own home or hiring a designer isn't going to help if the clutter is still there and persists, but I have good news, here's the truth, you can design a clutter resistant home. So, in this episode and the next episode, we're going to talk about designing a clutter resistant home. So in this part, part one, I'm going to focus on what's going on in your mind that results in clutter and what's going on in your mind that's preventing you from getting rid of clutter. Because really, this is the core issue. I can give you all the organization tips ever created, ever, ever thought of. I can give you all the different hacks about how to store different things and and practical design tips and all of that is important. But if you have that all that information but you're not understanding what's going on in your mind that's creating this clutter then you're just going to end up right back in the same position. So this part one is very very important. I think the most important part of this two-part series So today we're going to talk about what's going on in your mind that's causing clutter and preventing you from getting rid of clutter. And then in part two, I am going to give you some practical tips on how you can control the clutter in your home. I want to start with asking you a question. When you think about decluttering your house, how do you feel? I think for many of us, the the emotion that comes up is something like overwhelmed frustrated, it almost just feels like it's an impossible task. So I want you to hone in on how you feel in that moment and think about that. Because however you feel, that's driven by a thought in your brain. And this is part of what is called the thought model. Uh, And I did not come up with this. This was developed by Brooke Castillo of the Life Coach School, where I got my life coaching certification. And so in the model, we we learn part of it is that every feeling, every emotion that you have is caused by one thought in your brain. So when we think about clutter and we feel overwhelmed or frustrated, that's because we're having a thought that's driving that feeling of overwhelm and frustration. And the interesting thing about it is that when you're feeling overwhelmed or frustrated, you're not gonna take the action that you want to take in order to declutter. Because overwhelm and frustration does not lead to decluttering. It may, it may motivate you for a short period of time, but it's not gonna be anything that's sustainable. So it makes perfect sense when we're always overwhelmed or frustrated thinking about our clutter, while we're not able to conquer it. So the first step in being able to successfully declutter and then maintain a clutter-free home is really diving into where that emotion of overwhelm or frustration is coming from. And from my experience in coaching other women on clutter, there are three top categories where this emotion, these emotions come from. So we're going to go through those. And I want you to think about which one, which ones that you struggle with. So number one are thoughts about the space itself or your house itself. Okay, so we often have thoughts when things are cluttered, we have thoughts like this place is a mess. This room is so ugly. I hate this room. I hate that closet. It's overflowing. I don't even want to go in there because there's just so much stuff. So notice when we're constantly thinking these thoughts, it totally makes sense while we're feeling overwhelmed and frustrated. And we're never going to get to that space where we're motivated to do anything about the clutter um, because it just seems hopeless, right? So pay attention. Are you thinking any of these thoughts about your home or about a particular room or a particular drawer or a particular closet? So thoughts about the space itself. The second category are thoughts about our own ability and our time. So this may come up for some of you, you may think, I just don't have enough time to do this. It's too hard. Why am I bothering if it's just going to reaccumulate? It's just too much. I'll never get this cleared out. Why bother if it's just going to get messed up again? Okay, so these are thoughts I think that we, we have all the time and we don't really even notice how they're affecting how we feel and how we act because they seem like facts. They seem true. But it's these thoughts about our own ability, I can't do it, I don't have enough time, that keeps us stuck in inaction. So just pay attention when these thoughts pop up in your brain. So number one, thoughts about the space or your house itself. Number two, thoughts about your own ability and your own time to do it. And number three, Are thoughts that come up when we attempt to declutter. So maybe I go in and I'm like, okay, I'm going to clean out this one particular cabinet or this one closet. And as I start, I'm going to start having a lot of thoughts about that, right? (laughs) And some of those thoughts might be, ooh, I don't want to throw this out because I don't want to. Or I'm worried I'll need it later. This happens a lot. (laughs) And I mean, I've been, I've had these thoughts myself. I'll find an object or maybe a piece of clothing. And I'm like, I know as soon as I get rid of this, I'm going to need to use it or I'm going to want to wear it. Right. And so then it ends up staying and I keep it for another couple years without wearing it or using it. Another one is, but that was a gift, you know, maybe from somebody that you really care about and what would they think? I feel bad. I feel guilty if I give it away. Even though I'm not using it or even though maybe I don't even like it, I keep it just because I think I'm protecting that other person's feelings. Or maybe there's things that hold special memories for you. If you're a sentimental person, it can be hard to um, get rid of of some of the things maybe your kids have made you. And I'm not saying that you necessarily should, but we're going to talk a little bit more about sentimental things in just a second. But notice what comes up for you when you go to clean out a closet or a cabinet. So the reason... That it's so hard to get rid of clutter and to maintain a clutter free home is because of all of these thoughts in our brains. They don't drive the emotion that we need to take action to declutter and then maintain a clutter free home. Now, I'm not saying that the goal is just to, you know, be a minimalist and never have any clutter. And, you know, the goal is not perfection. That's not realistic. That's not how we live. But if you want clutter to be gone so that you can actually enjoy your home and maintain that reasonably over, over a period of years, you've really got to pay attention to these thoughts that pop up in your brain when you're thinking about your cluttered spaces or because that's the key. So the next time you think about a closet that needs to be cleaned out or a cabinet that needs to be cleaned out, pay attention to these thoughts. And I'm going to go through them again because they're really important. I don't want you to forget them. So the first are thoughts about the space itself. What thoughts are you having about that cabinet or a room or a garage? Thoughts like this place is a mess. This room is so ugly. I hate it. I hate that closet. I don't even want to go in there. Okay. If we allow our brains to continue those thoughts in a thought loop, we're never going to get to the place where we're going to do anything about it. So those thoughts aren't useful, okay? So just notice that. The second category, just reviewing, are thoughts about your own ability and your own time. Things like, I don't have enough time, it's too hard, it's too much, I'll never be able to do this, why bother when it's just going to get messed up again? So notice those two. And then thoughts that come up when you actually do take that, that step to declutter. Things like, I don't want to waste it. I'm worried I'll need it later. That was a gift. What will they think? Or maybe, you know, I don't want to get rid of this because it has special memories. So once you've start noticing these thoughts that aren't getting you to where you want to be, you can intentionally start to sort of alter and adjust the way you're thinking about it in a way that will motivate you and inspire you to take the action that you want to take, all right? Thinking, this is too much, I hate going in there, I'm. it's so overwhelming, is never going to work. But if you can just adjust your thinking a little bit, it can make a huge difference. So think about this. Instead of thinking, this room is a mess, I hate it, which is going to make you feel overwhelmed, and then you're not going to do anything, right? And you're never going to be able to declutter. You could tweak that to, I think it's possible this room could be really cool. Now, when you choose a different way of thinking, it has to be something that you believe. Because if you're repeating something to yourself uh, just in an effort to be positive, positive thinking, right, and you don't believe it, it's just not going to work. It's pointless. You're not going to get any traction. So make sure when you try to, when you consciously adjust your thinking, that it's something that you believe. And usually that looks something like, maybe it is possible I could clean out this space. Or maybe this space could be really cool right? And thinking about that first category, that the thoughts that we have about the room itself, maybe this could be cool. This room could be really useful. So changing your thinking in that regard. What about how can you tweak your thoughts about your own ability and your time? Instead of I don't have enough time, maybe it's possible I could make time. It's possible that this is important enough to me that I want to make time. Instead of thinking it's just too hard, it's too much, maybe thinking maybe it's not as hard as I'm making it out to be. Maybe I could make this easy. Maybe it's possible I could clear this out. Just that little shift. Try that with one of your, pick one of your thoughts and try that little shift in thinking and see how different you feel. So all of a sudden for me, I get a sense of of hope. There's a little hope. There's that possibility. Maybe I feel a little inspired. Um, I'm a person that loves a challenge. So that works really well for me making a challenge like I'm going to bet on myself and I'm going to do this. I bet I can. You know, that's really motivating for me. You want to use something that works for you. And then what about these thoughts that come up when you attempt to declutter? So I don't want to waste it. So really think about that. Okay. What, ha- what does waste even mean? What are you making it mean about your character if you waste something? And is it really waste if you're, getting, if you're giving it away to somebody who will use it rather than it just sitting in your, in your closet where you're not using it? So see how just getting curious about that really kind of opens things up for the possibilities. If you're worried that you're going to need it later, one thing that works really well for me is I think, you know what, I might need it later. And if so, I can go buy it. And, and I'm talking about these are like small things that we keep that aren't expensive, but we keep them for years on the chance that we might need it one day. For me, it's worth paying the money to go buy it again, just to be able to get rid of it and have that space clear and free for what I really use. It's worth it. It's the price of decluttering. So if that helps you, you can think about it in that way. What about the thought it was a gift, what would they think? You know, it's, it was very freeing for me when I realized that what other people think of me has nothing to do with me and everything to do with them, right? So how is keeping something that you don't like or you don't use, it's not affecting that other person at all? right? And in fact, if we want to show up as our most authentic selves, it would even be fine for them to know that. One way that I think about this that's helpful for me is if I had a friend that I gave something that was, you know, I put some thought into the gift, but for some reason they didn't like it or didn't use it, would I want them to pretend like they did And keep it, even though they didn't like it and they didn't use it, would I want them to do that just for the sake of sparing my feelings? Absolutely not. I would rather them be comfortable enough to show up as their own honest, authentic selves. That would be a bigger gift to me than them feeling like they had to pretend that they like it just to spare my feelings. So when you flip it like that, it can give you a different perspective. And then finally, there's this thought that I can't get rid of this. This has so many special memories attached to this. And honestly, this is the hardest one for me because I am a sentimental person. And anytime I, when my kids were little and I threw away any of their school projects or art, I literally like died inside a little bit. So let's dive into this one a little bit more. Getting rid of things that are sentimental all right? And I'm not saying that you have to get rid of things that are sentimental. You don't have to. But if you feel like you want to and you need to, here's how to do it, okay? So when my sons were little, they had a really great art teacher. And one day they both came home with a self-portrait inspired by the creations of Tim Burton. It was the coolest thing. And I love this piece of work and I will keep it forever, Okay, so that's really important to me. I will not get rid of that. And over the years, I've kept lots of things that bring back good memories. Their first pair of shoes, some Mother's Day letters that they wrote to me when they were little, and it can be a beautiful thing if we're actually looking at these things, enjoying them, and reminiscing, okay, if they're bringing us joy, But in some cases, that's not exactly what happens. Sometimes we feel compelled to hold on to some of these things just out of a feeling of obligation. We feel anxiety, self-judgment, or guilt instead of joy. We know that we don't need it. This would be like all just the little chicken scratch drawings that my kids would give to me that they did all the time. And literally, if I had kept all of them we would have closets full, right? So I had to be selective about what I kept, what I photographed and kept in like a photo album, and then what I got rid of, okay? So there are some things that we probably do need to get rid of, right? We know we don't need it, we want to get rid of it, but we feel guilty doing so because of the meaning that we've attached to that item, A good example of this is my mother held on to all the trophies that my brother and I got as kids. We didn't care about them. We did not want them. But for years after we were grown and gone, she kept them. And deep down, I think she wanted to clear them out, but felt like she couldn't because they were a special part of our childhood. And so I think that maybe when she looked at these trophies, she felt a bit melancholy instead of joyful. All right, so notice the difference. So one question you want to ask yourself if you're having trouble getting rid of something that, say, is sentimental, is I always ask myself, do I really want to keep this and why? Okay, and then I, once I clarify what is my reason and wanting to keep this, I ask myself, do I like that reason? And if the answer is yes, then keep it. It's not a problem. You can choose, just like I ch- I have chosen to keep A lot of my kids' artwork, I've also chosen to throw a lot of it away, okay? So if you like your reason, you know your reason, you're clear about it, you like it, it's not a problem, drop the self-judgment and move on. But if the answer is no, if you don't like your reason, and this is something that you're holding on perhaps for guilt, um, and every time you look at that box, you're like, I really need to get rid of that, but I just feel bad, then it's time to dive deeper, an example might be if you feel guilt and anxious when you think about a shirt that you bought on that special family vacation that you never wear, but you feel bad about giving it up, or maybe about the Christmas ornament that your child brought home that he or she clearly didn't make, like it's obvious they had a lot of help, then that, those are the times where you really want to stop and evaluate. Let these emotions be a signal to you that it might be time to let go. Many times we think we're going to feel guilty if we get rid of these things, and so we keep them. But what's happening? We're still feeling anxiety and guilt when we look at them, and then we judge ourselves for even wanting to get rid of them. So we end up just creating the negative emotions that we're actually trying to avoid. There's nothing wrong with keeping things out of sentiment. There's also nothing wrong with deciding that you want to get rid of some of them. So I have six questions that you can use and ask yourself to help you make a decision about what's right for you. So I'm going to go through these. You might want to write them down. And so the next time that this comes up, you can go through these. So number one, ask yourself, why do I want to keep this? And get really honest with yourself, right? I want to keep this because I like it and I like bringing it out and looking at it and it brings back happy memories. Or maybe it's, I want to keep this because if my mom comes over and she found, finds out that I got rid of it, I'm going to feel bad. Okay. Two entirely different situations. So be brutally honest with yourself about why you're keeping it. And then follow that up with, do I like that reason? If it's yes, that's it. Keep it, move on. If not, then dive a little bit deeper, okay? And you can do this by asking yourself, how do I feel when I see this object? Is it bringing me joy? Is it bringing back great memories? Or am I feeling, you know, anxiety or frustration because I know I want to get rid of it, but I just feel guilty, okay? And question number four, if I'm keeping this object for the memories that it brings, am I actually even getting it out and looking at it? Or is it stored away And I haven't seen it for 10 years, right? So, and one thing, this is just like a practical tip. One thing that you can do if that's the case is you can create a photo album, take pictures of all these, you know, the artwork or the objects and create a special photo album. So at least you've got a digital form of that that can spark that memory. You don't necessarily have to keep the object. Question number five, how might I feel... If I give this up, am I keeping it in an effort to avoid that emotion? Okay, because most of the time, after you do give that up, there is a sense of freedom that comes along with that. Okay. And then number six, finally, being honest with yourself, might it be time to say goodbye to this object? And this is something that I think is important. Oftentimes, when we get rid of things, especially things that are sentimental We feel like we're betraying ourselves or someone else. But we can reframe that. What if that, you know, this particular item has served its purpose in my life? Its purpose is complete. And now it's time to pass that on to someone else. It can actually be a beautiful, freeing transition. So reframing that in that way might be an option you want to consider. Okay, so take on points. Pay attention to what you're thinking when you think about the clutter in your home and when you go to attempt to declutter an area of your home. And pay attention to how those thoughts are making you feel. If possible, ask yourself if they're useful, if they're getting you to where you want to be. And if not, brainstorm ways you can tweak the way you think about things to reframe things in order to get you to your goals. All right well that wraps up everything for this episode. Next episode I'm going to give you some practical design tips on how you can maintain a clutter resistant home. See you then. If you're a woman physician who loves all things design and decorating Be sure to check out my private Facebook group, House Calls for Physicians, or you can visit my website at www.housecallsforphysicians.com.